Hello, welcome to ATM, Artists Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot, and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford. We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations. We don't pretend to be authorities. We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of makers. Did you see the uh, play on Broadway? No, no, saved this um this film uh for a while now i think we've been kind of tossing it around and so i'm excited to uh to dig into gray gardens (laughs) which i was was waiting for you to say it Uh, uh, gray gardens i um i just i have such a fondness for this movie because you were the one who recommended that I watch and it. And I have no recollection of that. You don't remember. It was a really, really long time yeah. ago. We've known each other for like 10 years now, I think. Yeah, but, maybe longer. Um, yeah. I, maybe long. Yeah. I uh, I remember I was in your studio at Central Track uh, and or your 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 space and in Dallas. And I was working on my like my first solo show out of well, really, my first solo shot of graduate school, oh. and it was at um, shit where it was in Houston. Oh, um, it was at Lawndale, wasn't it? Lawndale, uh-huh. yes, Lawndale. Lawndale Art Center, longstanding nonprofit space in Houston, Texas, uh, right down from yeah. the Museum of Fine Arts and next to the uh, Craft Center. It's that's such an important district in Dallas. No, it's in Houston. Oh, I'm sorry, in Houston. <laughs> I'm picturing Houston. I'm saying Dallas. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Houston is like this mecca for these amazing not-for-profit spaces. And as a young artist, like you really feel like you can kind of experiment and take some some risks. And um, so I was working on a piece um, that used um, like fake parquet floor and it was sort of like very bendy and flexible. It was a big piece of vinyl, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... um, so you uh, mentioned Grey Gardens, and I was like, I've never heard of this. And you mentioned uh, the, uh, you know, you kind of briefly described it, but in the, the mention, I remember you said something about, like, wet cat food. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> this is why everybody needs a gay friend, so that they can yeah. <laughs> tell you about obscure films. Yeah. 
It was, the, yeah. Grey Gardens is not super obscure, but yeah, it's, you know. It is and it's not. Like, they're, they're, it's surprising how many people probably don't know about yeah. it. And I'm happy to keep spreading yeah. the word about those who don't know. Because yeah. it really can kind of get pushed in between the cracks if you're not, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, in the know. Yeah. Well, and, and we are talking about the 1975 documentary uh, by right. the Maisel brothers. Uh, because yes. they're, this has been such an inspiring film for so many people that they've gone back and there was a Broadway play. There was yeah. a biopic where Jessica Lange plays Big Edie and Drew Barrymore uh -huh. plays Little Edie. And did you see I, that? I, one I, I've or? seen everything. Of course, okay. you know, like the we'll get into this, but the character, the yeah. main characters in this documentary, and is this our first documentary, Aaron, that we discuss on ATL? Oh my god, you know what? I think it uh -huh. is. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, but these characters are just uh, so larger than life that you, you, I don't want to say you get obsessed, but you get very curious about them, and when the film is over, you just want you want a little bit more and of course mm -hmm. as a documentary i'm sure that they shot you know uh 10 times the footage that we saw if not more mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so there there are uh i think i want to say uh the beals of gray gardens mm -hmm. it was a second documentary that came out maybe yeah. like 2000 early 2000s and it, it's mm -hmm. using some of the original footage that just wasn't included in the, that was, the gray yeah. gardens that we're discussing today yeah Okay, have you seen That Summer? That's right. Which is the prequel, pre prequel I and, guess, or precursor to Grey Gardens. And is that, uh, correct me, it, is it sort of about the Warhol circle and like other people sort of peripherally attached to Grey Gardens or is it about the Beals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually on YouTube if you want to watch okay. it. Um, and I did watch parts of it. So what I understand is that uh, Jackie O's sister, yes, Lee Radswell, uh -huh. yeah, um, had the intent of making a documentary about the Hamptons. Okay. Um, and so that's how... Um, the directors of Grey Garden sort of got a little taste of oh, uh, the Beals. So, and so Lee's, Lee Raswell introduced the Bouvier yes. Beals to the Maisel yes. brothers? Okay, that's wild. Yeah, and so... It's like, I've got the, some insane cousins. You've uh, got to meet yeah, them. and yeah. it's like... That And so the project kind of got scrapped a little bit. Um, and if you watch that summer... Um, you might notice that they're so basically they didn't really have enough footage for like a sort of you know like an hour and a half okay. so there's a lot of padded bits of like interviews from like yeah much later and so you can kind of tell like they didn't have enough content to make a film uh -huh, uh -huh. um so that i kind of skipped kind of some yeah. parts um but andy warhol that's why i'm not recalling it yeah is in it in a way because I think he was there one day and was just kind of like involved but very very briefly like yeah. I mean he his name gets sort of attached to it but it's like it it's kind of this it's like this it's a yeah. teeny tiny part but um I but basically what it's very much like if you like Grey Gardens um like midway through it really starts to basically 
they're 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 doing the makeover like they're showing ah, the inspectors yes. that come in when the house to gets the house repainted and such yeah and they i mean it's wild because basically from what i understand they're like you know painting over like mold uh, uh, and like, yeah you're just like yeah well, and and what yeah. an interesting metaphor that is for oh my goodness the, yes the facade and the surface and what people concern themselves with as a priority being the way yeah. things look and not the way things actually are and like kind of hiding away dysfunctional members of the family Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Which, ha which does happen. I mean, that's something that, um, people used to do. They used to, just, oh, yeah. you know, send their, uh, you know, children or whoever. And, oh, I think, uh, like the, to, to, to mental hospitals, the former, you know, queen of England, um, infamously, I think her family, two family members were in an insane asylum and just like locked away and forgot about. And that about. probably would have happened to some of the more rebellious contemporary oh, yeah. members of the royal family yeah. if, it, if it you know were still okay to do uh -huh. that it, not that it was ever okay to do that but it was it was socially acceptable to lock people uh -huh. away uh -huh. that you couldn't yeah. contain yeah and the the bouvier both how do you say the families beal bouvier the beal uh, uh, yeah beal sorry yeah <laughs> but they they're like American royalty in, yes. a, in a way. Yeah. So like they're socialites. Yeah. And of course, like I think Jackie and her sister Lee uh -huh. had some good intentions when they they spent kind of a, like probably about thirty thousand, I think, to do some of yeah. the the renovation. But um, like <laughs> and, well, intentions. and that was when Jackie was uh, Jackie Onassis. So she yes, had yeah. married the Greek shipping tycoon and was like uh -huh. the richest wife yeah, in the world it's sort of i could tell there were moments when i feel like there could have been a little resentment um well, it, with little edie uh, oh yes you know. oh yes i mean they actually refer they called one of their cats um uh, <laughs> who was um jfk's brother oh um, jack. jack okay Jack Kennedy. So they named this cat after Jack Kennedy because they were like, well, it obviously looks like him. Oh! And it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. So, and I'm thinking, hmm, okay. I, I, so. You know, we always recommend that people see the film before they turn on this mm -hmm. podcast. But for anybody mm -hmm. that has not seen Grey Gardens, oh. maybe, Erin, uh, do you want to give a little... Or, or am I putting you on the spot? Yes! No, I would love to. Film, what, what we're actually talking about. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot about that part because I'm always telling yeah, other yeah, people yeah. to do it. But um, yeah, so basically what you have for Grey Gardens, and we've been talking about that summer, but Grey Gardens um, is, oh my goodness. Okay, so you've got uh, a mother-daughter uh, sort of duo, uh -huh. <laughs> and they uh, live in this house that used to be they used to be you know very wealthy and both very beautiful women mm -hmm. of their time and basically from what i understand little edie the the daughter had to come back and take care of her mother because maybe an eye condition i think and mm -hmm. so they basically don't have a lot of money because the the father um divorce biggie yeah. which she still is i think in a little bit of denial oh yeah maybe, but yeah so they're sort of living in 
squalor by the time the the um the documentary happens and it's basically showing kind of who these women are yeah. and their relationship and their you know yeah. what's going on in their heads and it's it's very um you know it sort of has a voyeur uh aspect like the documentary <laughs> would right. and also an exhibitionist yeah. uh quality yes, because of the two totally. of them are such Hams. They're performers. They cannot wait to bust out the song and dance. Like they, (laughs) like like Edie even says at one point, like I've been waiting, I've been waiting my whole life for you to come and like you know point a camera in my face because I wanted to be a star and like I'm pulled up in this in this decrepit mansion Mm -hmm. with my Mm -hmm. with my mother and we're just you know bouncing off the walls with each other. With like eight plus cats. Oh, and, and raccoons and raccoons are in the attic and they're feeding them. Yeah. Like the raccoons are getting fed yeah. and cat food. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's they're um you know, I there's tension with both of these individuals because I think there's a acceptance of what's happened to them and their social yeah. status. Um and they they just don't seem to care that much, but then they also have these moments of resentment about sure either one another or things that happened in the family, and so it's a very honest right? look at it. It, it um, kind of feels like the cameras know. are almost like the family therapist because they oh they God. have been waiting a long time to kind of air these grievances. So <laughs> you know, it reminded me of like when I would come visit my my family when my father was alive and um you know my 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 mom would say like well you won't believe what your daddy did and then my 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 dad would say oh your mom's plum sorry now she won't cook she won't you know and it's like they tattle on each other like little kids and i feel like a uh, big Edie and little Edie are are very like defensive and tattletale with the with the yeah. documentary crew. Um, They're like, this is what I've had to put up with yeah. for you yeah. know however many years. And, yeah, <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, and so what? What I don't know if you know this hype, but um, when you told me to watch Grey Gardens or suggested uh-huh. it, I looked it up and I thought, you know, I'm actually going to get my tonsils removed soon, <laughs> and I thought I'm gonna wait to watch oh, this yeah. because I had, you know, downtime. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but what I didn't <laughs> really realize was that yeah, yeah. my mother was sort of taking care of me because <laughs> you might, okay, and for those who have not had their tonsils removed yeah. and you might think I'm being a big yeah, baby, no, but no. it's terrible. As an adult, it's, it's a major surgery because yeah. I had mine taken yeah. out when I was like 40. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, and I was um in my I think I was nearly thirty, yeah. and I hadn't expected it to be so bad, but um, it, it's a long recovery time, and I don't know, yeah. were you on drugs? I, oh yeah, I, I, I was, was doped on... up for two weeks. The doctor oh, said yeah. like 
Take this pain medication. Do not miss a dose. If you miss a yeah. dose, your pain will elevate and you won't be able to get it back down. Pain and so elevated. I was religiously yeah. taking drugs. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was a hydrocodone or something like that. Yeah, hydrocodone, and, yeah. And so I'm trying to think of you in this state of being <laughs> sort of drugged and a little vulnerable yeah. and your mom's oh, taking yeah. care of you and you're watching. Oh, That's yeah. when you watch Grey Gardens. Grey Gardens. I know. It was completely bad. completely <laughs> like go into a fantasy about going, oh, Oh shit, is this my life? This, Am I, I, it, that was my it, life for a uh, famous quote that little Edie has is it's very hard to um what did she say like the line between the past and the present. Like she's she's kind of talking yeah. about the schism in perceiving mm -hmm. reality because mm -hmm. she's still a bit in a fantasy that she's a debutante and that men are yeah. coming courting, but that was yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, exactly. And my, yeah. So I hadn't, um, my mom and I are, are comp. No. How do I say this? <laughs> we have a complicated relationship. You have a mother daughter really, relationship. It's, it's, it's probably very, com yeah. you know, like, I mean, I think any mother daughter would sort of relate in some way to this because yeah. for me, what happens a lot is that if I'm around my mom, I kind of turn into a teenager. Yes. And, and I find that little Edie does the same. Like she's... You regress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's so, absolutely true. Mm. It's very stressful to visit family mm -hmm. in those regards mm -hmm. because I... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was... Um, yeah. I mean, and I'm, I I went back and rewatched it later because it was... It was <laughs> you know, and I was on... After that surgery, I was on opium um, because <laughs> I don't handle... Code, coding okay. or whatever so like i was i was in a weird you know <laughs> yes. druggy hey this is, this and, is like uh, a recipe for like <laughs> losing <what>? your shit <laughs> and you know what this okay so i i will fully admit that i watched gray gardens like a week ago and <laughs> i have been cl cleaning my apartment ever since <laughs> like every day i find something and i'm like oh my god you know and you it puts something. me on edge er, yeah. what do you mean you find like something. like there's just you know there are crevices oh, like in schmutz. your house that yeah or like a dusty very dusty area yeah. that you hadn't noticed because like you turn you don't usually have things yeah. on so brightly lit and it's like <laughs> horrifying but you're not so finding I, a family of raccoons in the next room no yeah, you're not. <laughs> no but it's like suddenly things become you know a little bit more well, apparent okay anyway so so yeah. i think that mm -hmm. you're kind of hitting on one of the things that's both mm -hmm. engaging about this film and terrifying about mm -hmm. this film mm -hmm. is that it's very easy to like worry could I become that? Yes. Yeah. Could it, I become Mrs. Haversham? Could Habersham, could yeah. I like do I understand if I'm mentally well or not, or am I delusional? <laughs> well, everybody is like it's from what I understand about human behavior and the human condition is that. This isn't all, like, we're all pretending that we're yeah. not insane. <laughs> and it's any break, you know, like, we're like, oh, well, I'm not a murderer. Well, something actually might occur I and you slipped. might become that. You might slip into this. 
yeah. a person that you uh-huh. would never have imagined uh-huh. yourself to turn into. And it is terrifying to yeah. know that you really don't know who you are unless you're in these circumstances. And uh-huh. is this relational aesthetics? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Kind of. And like, the thing is, is like, you probably know people who are in this situation and it's like, it's not alien. Like my, um, my aunt is this way. My great aunt. What do you mean this way? There are horror stories. Like, um, like, uh, hoarders or like, okay. With animals. And it's like, it's, it's very, I don't know if you can say like it runs in my family, but like it. I have direct experiences with family members who are in these kind of conditions or were in these kind of conditions. And it's like, it happened to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it is a kind of fear of loss of control Uh of your environment. uh And and basically, that's kind of what happened to the, you know... um, The Beals. Both the mother died. The Beals. Like, they lost control of their situation. And then suddenly, you know, the the city is threatening to evict them, and they're right. they're a blight on their family. Right. Well, it's it's know. like the health department because they've realized uh-huh. that in this kind of posh town, um, yeah. that there's a a house where these two women are. It might be elderly abuse or like, uh-huh. yeah, who knows? But um, okay, so. I want to bring something up about this like mm. hoarder thing and mm-hmm. and cats because mm. um, there's a connection here and as we talk about you know like the macro and the micro and like as we become more aware of the way our body is affected both positively and no I mean more recently that we've discovered it's positive but by yeah. bacteria in, in yeah. our bodies, in our in our GI tract and in our brain oh, yeah. and how they're connected and they're they're mm-hmm. kind of communicating to each other. Um, but there is a um, so toxoplasmosis, which is a disease mm-hmm. that affects people with immune compromised wait, am I mm-hmm. com- compromised immune systems? Um, and so like you may have heard like pregnant women have to be careful if they have cats that they should like not have a litter box near them. Yes. Yes. yes, So this bacteria toxoplasmosis affects um, it's okay. So it's, this is really gross, but I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) So, so it, it's, it, 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 um, so rodents carry it. And then Uh it's, so it's this like cycle of life thing. So rodents carry it. Cats mm-hmm. will like eat a rodent with toxoplasmosis, and then yeah. the cat will have it, and the then the and then the waste from a cat in the litter box can make it available to humans, and so humans get toxoplasmosis. And one of the side effects that I've more recently read about is that it compels people to become hoarders, which completes like more of the cycle because Mm. when you're a hoarder and you're not good with housekeeping or you're not bothered by those things, you actually create an environment where more toxoplasmosis can generate like through rodents and like clutter. And, and so, um, where was I going with this? Just that, well, big, big Edie had a a moment in gray gardens (laughs) where she's like, Oh dear, the cat is shitting over by that behind my portrait, behind my painted portrait. (laughs) Like she just didn't. She says 
she says, well, at least somebody's doing what they want to do. Like, she was yeah, like, good like, for you, Kat. Take us, pop a squat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's like, it's like six uh, feet from her bed. <laughs> and you can see that her bed oh, is filthy. Yeah. Like, it's got some sort of fecal thing happening. It looks like on, pigeons oh, have been okay. roosting on yes. the bed. Like, those mattresses yeah. are probably, you know, 60 years old, and they... It's mm-hmm. just, it looks, <laughs> it's, 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 you shudder when you see the condition. And then, oh yeah, my God, yeah. and just, you know, for, for like a, a germaphobe, like oh, little yeah. Edie is fixing the camera crew, like pate on crackers. And, yes, and like, does. she's like putting it down on a, on a nightstand going like, this is for you. This is for you. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. heaven help yeah. me if somebody just... <laughs> Fixed me food in that house and was waiting for me to eat it. Yeah, this house, I I mean, okay, so I don't think my grandmother in her 90s listens to this podcast. Um, grandma, if you do, I love you. Um, but my aunt lives with her and takes care of her, which we very, very much appreciate. And they've gotten along for, you know, they've always had a really close relationship. Uh-huh. But my aunt is not the tidiest person. Uh-huh. And she, um, and I think things got worse with COVID. They used to have somebody come in, but now they're kind of hesitant to hire somebody to help um, clean up. And so I went to go take care of my grandmother one day. My aunt was kind of like, she had something going on. So I think she was going to the dentist and she mentions that there were like muffins that she made. And that, you know, I was like, oh, okay. But then I started noticing in the kitchen, they have a giant ant problem. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, my aunt was like, oh, yeah, there are these ants. And my aunt just takes this spray and sprays the muffins all over. Well, no, oh. not the muffins, but just like the kitchen counter and everything. Just gives it a good spray and then just like walks away. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. They're eating pesticides. And so I spent. Yeah, I, was, I spent the next two hours just cleaning the kitchen because it's just like, ah. Uh. And so, oh. yeah, I don't want to eat the things well, thank that Thank you for she doing made. that. Yeah, yeah. But, That's you what... know, the thing, <laughs> the hard thing is, and I'm sure that, like, you know, if you watch Grey Gardens and you know that this was after the cleanup, it just gets bad again. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like, even though they yeah. they did fix the plumbing and the, the, the electric... Like, they didn't have plumbing, like, uh, oh, the running Beals. water. Oh, the yes. Before, yeah, before they uh, came in to do... Yeah. Um, you know, to make it livable. I was wondering um, how they didn't freeze to death. Oh, my God. How are they... Yeah, I mean, like, what... I mean, I guess it's, like, camping. Like, what are you... How are you surviving? yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and I've had my fair share of little gray garden moments in my apartment because <laughs> it's very old mm-hmm. and the windows are very old. And like I have had times when I I would be sitting in my living room in my fur coat <laughs> with like a ski 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 cap on, you know, trying to stay warm. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I understand. Yeah, a little bit. And that's what I was getting at earlier. Is that like when we recognize ourselves in these characters mm-hmm. and our vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's, say, a lot of times when people have really averse reactions to the unhoused, and it's because yeah. uh, 
I, I don't know. I want to say it's a lack of empathy, but I, then I think it could be actually that they are having empathy and it's making them really uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think there is a denial that sometimes people don't want to have a sort of nine to five lifestyle. Uh-huh. Like, Little Eddie, Big Eddie, they both didn't want to really work. You know, oh, like they don't. They didn't get jobs, right? You know, I because of their where they were socially, I don't mm-hmm. think it was it within the possibilities mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. they would have been employed. You know, they yeah. were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I did. I did read a, this. I forget which article it was, but I wrote it down where. Um, this one writer made this observation that the wealth of the family, uh-huh. and this is the words that they use. These are not my words because uh-huh. they're nice words. Uh, created a haze of ambiguity. Oh. And I was like, that actually uh-huh. makes a lot of sense because I think that, yeah, because they come from such high yeah. brow, you know, family, yeah. blue blood kind of you know, yeah. place that they felt like, yeah, getting a job, like their job was to marry well. Yes, and exactly. Their job. And, and to anything be a clothes they did, horse. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anything they did was, was, you know, even if it was scholarly or in the sort of, you know, uh-huh. um, any kind of achievements, it was then to yes. make yourself more desirable. Right. For a husband. It's very you know. gendered. It's like their value yeah. was yeah. as a mate, as a producer of airs, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. social grease. But And it's funny, yeah, it's funny that like I I can't I don't know how men get this if you get any pressure. I'm sure how you you had been pressured to get married. <laughs> I, you know, and we're both, by the way, listeners. Hyde and I have never been married. Hyde, you've never been married. No, right? I, I was checking. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I would see, I could see you getting married to help somebody get like a green card. I oh, could totally see yeah, that yeah, happening. yeah. I, actually, yeah, but, that's something I've considered before. Yeah, but like the conventional, you know, death to you part kind of stuff. But so we've never been married, but um, I, you know, I grew up upper middle class and um, I considered that my parents were very progressive because they um they encouraged I don't know if they encouraged is the right word but they weren't averse to me studying art Mm -hmm. and I thought that was really great I was like this is great that my parents aren't pressuring me to do Uh something more um you know practical Uh but I think (laughs) actually looking back Uh I'm like I think that was really um I think they were quite surprised that I actually ended up being an artist. Pers- pursuing because I think, it with vigor, yeah. Yeah, because it was like, well, it was just supposed to be this thing before you met your husband. It was going to make you an interesting wife to have a background exactly. in art. Well, it, yeah. one of my favorite Aaron Stafford stories <laughs> is when you told me that you were going on a date with somebody new and your mom was asking like, Oh, what's he like? And you were like, "Well, he's a mu- musician." And she goes, oh, "A physician." Physician. <laughs> so she was, you know, hearing what she wanted to hear, which was like, "You were, yes. were going to marry somebody well healed." Yeah. Oh yeah, and 
And it definitely became crystal clear when I moved back to Dallas that that was, it was like, well, if only you could find a doctor or a lawyer yeah. and then your whole life would just be put together. Uh, and it just never worked out that way. Yeah. I don't, I didn't, I wasn't adverse to dating doctors or lawyers, right. but you know, I. But that wasn't your goal yeah. either. I mean, that's, no. that's the weird thing about like, oh sure, yeah. if I meet somebody nice and they happen to have a career like that, I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not grossed out by them, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna stalk yeah. wealthy yeah. <laughs> wealthy men. It never appealed to me, and really, well, they're like, not the, they're, those aren't the qualities that you look for mm-hmm. in a mate. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, you look for like somebody kind or intellectual or fun. I mean, it's it's really if you can make me laugh, like. Yeah. I will fall head over heels. Like, anyway. But, you know, what's interesting is that um, little Edie, she mentions how she had these um, really desirable suitors. And her mother, she felt, kind of pushed them away that they weren't good enough. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I really felt connected. And I hadn't remembered that part, uh-huh. I guess, um, from watching it before. I think the last, so the the time before I saw this was with you at Texas Theater. And I think because it was the first time I saw it on like a large screen, I was just so shocked by little Edie's bald head. Yeah. Because I had never <laughs> seen So that. little Edie has wow. alopecia. And, mm-hmm. and she wears, like, sweaters and scarves on top of her head to hide. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Rewatching it, I had this impulse. This is how gay I am. I had this impulse <laughs> to, like, send her a box of wigs. I was like, oh, why didn't anybody yeah. give her a wig? Oh. It, it was, especially in the oh. 70s, everybody wore wigs. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that was a like, thing. like the oh. kind of like Dolly Parton. That's not her hair, uh, you know. And that okay, was an aesthetic okay. she developed in the '60s and '70s. Gotcha. You know, I was wondering how why their hair always looks so amazing. I'm like, how did they? It's like sculpture. How did yeah, they do that? Because you take okay. it from that styrofoam head and you put it on oh, your right. head. And <laughs> he, yeah, it's just. I mean, like women add extensions today, but like it's. Definitely just wearing a wig just because, like, I mean, I will say this, and as somebody who has a lot of hair, yeah. it takes a lot of time. Like, whenever yeah. I get a haircut, I'm like, whatever is going to allow me to do my hair with minimal time. Because yeah. it's just so much work. So, like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And see, if you were a socialite, you'd just be like, uh-huh. well, you know, every three days or whatever, I'm going to go sit in a chair and have somebody do my hair. And, th- yeah, and then I'm going to sleep on a satin pillowcase, yeah. s- kind of sitting upright so I don't smash my hair. You know <laughs> you know what's funny? Okay, this is embarrassing, but I bought a satin pillowcase yeah. because it's supposed to be good for your skin. And huh? so, you know, anything that's going to help, you know, minimize some creases, <laughs> I'm okay with. But I'm... When I bought one, I bought two because it's a set. Yeah. And so now Ben has a silky pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds luxurious. So he, it, you know what? It's actually really nice in the summer because it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. And it, anything that makes you feel cooler in the summer here is, yeah. And it's kind of shiny know, and luxe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it's kind of picked apart because my dog likes to sleep on it. <laughs> and it's, it's definitely had a, I probably need a new one. But um, I wanted to, to talk about now that we're sort of 
getting into little Edie and her fashion. Oh, yeah. Because she sort of became this inspiration yeah, an icon. for designers. Yeah. And, I mean, and... it was sort of campy at first because it's like mm-hmm. she's putting together, like, from... You can almost smell the clothes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I yes. don't feel like they've been um, laundered. I feel like they're just, oh no. they're, they're from a big pile of mildew, mildew mm-hmm. moldy, like, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but she's safety yeah. putting things together. And, uh, yeah, she kind of goes through that outfit and she's like, mother wanted me to come out in a kimono. We had quite a fight, <laughs> but like, I put this together for you guys because I wanted you to see how much, how creative I am. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, at first it's like, it's a little off-putting because it's so bizarre. But then if you think about, and I watched this video about how really like she was sort of within some of the fashion trends, like the fact that she used a kind, now usually you'd put like a scarf over your head, yeah. but she would use like all sorts of stuff, like a towel or a baby <laughs> yeah. suit or a sweater. It was just all a napkin, yeah. you know, it was kind of like, Whatever. But then, you know, she would, then she would kind of have a little brooch on top. Yes. And, and she very much cared about the way she looked and she presented herself, yeah. but like it was, it was <laughs> a train but wreck. But what's wild, what's wild though, it's like a lot of fashion designers have done yeah. runway, runway, right. sorry, inspired. And then you have drag queens that have also been inspired by the look. And so it's really cemented itself in popular culture and the arts. It was almost kind of like deconstruction in a way before, I think it was the Mm -hmm. Belgian designers that invented Mm -hmm. deconstruction. Like, uh, well, I won't be able to name any of them. Um, ah. But but I think that it was from a fashion school in Belgium that that came from. But yeah, like she's using a sweater as a skirt and a head right. wrap, and then yeah, and she she's like, and I can take this off and use it as a cape, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, she was very adventurous because in that time, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you had the counterculture of the hippie movement, but they mm-hmm. weren't like fucking with like pants as a shirt or you know a skirt as a head wrap but they you know they they were getting into psychedelic patterns and you know fringe and stuff like that but yeah i think that Edie was a real pioneer to to kind of think about using clothes in a way that they weren't designed to be used I will say i i am considering incorporating a bathing suit from time to time in my in my with my wares uh i don't like there it was sort of child it kind of reminded me of things that i used to do as a child yeah. dressing up in clothes my mom's clothes or yeah you know um and yeah i mean and she even sort of mentioned it as a uh, what does she call it like she's she has she says um, this is the uniform does the, that or the the costume. The she costume, it a costume for today. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, she's she's thinking about it and, as a costume, and she's also thinking of herself in this opposition to the women that live in that town that are are mm-hmm. moneyed socialites still, and she's saying it's yeah. such a conservative, mean town, and like, and you get yeah. in trouble for wearing red shoes on a Thursday, uh-huh. you know. So uh-huh. she understands that there are such 
strict and severe rules around fashion and how much it indicates and how much people are judging each other based on the appropriateness mm-hmm. of their clothes. And she's just like, fuck that. I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she also just, I mean, she kind of had to get creative because she yeah. wasn't she, able to buy anything. Yeah. You know, I doubt very much she had anything new, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So she had that, that one um, outfit where it's all red and I think this is where she's doing a dance uh-huh. and then she ties the skirt in like a knot on the side to kind of maybe shorten it a little bit yeah. like I remember doing that as a kid like we would kind of try <laughs> and we would do that with our shirts too we would do a little knot oh, so yeah. that it made us look a little more mature or something cinch it um, give yourself a waist yeah. but she she, I I really feel for little Edie because I feel like she's in this arrested development kind yeah. of place because she's not really allowed to be with she, within the context of her mother yeah. who keeps I mean uh, the mom really drives me nuts yeah. sometimes because she's so critical yes. and it's like <laughs> she's there I think I mean there's a codependent thing happening for sure yeah but it's like Little Edie wants to live in New York. Like, that's what she wants to do. Right, and right. And she, she really can't, and, you know. I don't Right, think. well, she doesn't have the resources to do it. Yeah. So, so when you watch... So that's part of, like, the, the entire canon of mm-hmm. referencing these two in a narrative and in the documentary is that you, you do get a, a feeling or a sense... That say when Drew Barrymore is playing li- mm-hmm. Little Edie, and, mm-hmm. and while she still has her freedom and she lives in Manhattan, that she's dating a married man and she's mm-hmm. getting her heart broken, and mm-hmm. her mom's saying, "Just come back home, Edie, come back home." Yeah. But then it's like she gets stuck. stuck. I think that's also a real like kind of panic trigger is that if you make uh-huh. the wrong. If you if you <laughs> retire at the wrong time, how you can't come back out, like you yeah. like you've missed your window, you've missed this opportunity. It, it's funny because I, you know, and my mom is my mother has always been somebody who has she wants her children to be independent and you know like make it on their own. Sure, I, I encouraging that, but then I moved back. For a summer um, when I was moving back to Dallas and I was going to start teaching again. So I was going to have enough money to go get my my own apartment. And she did not want me to leave. She uh-huh. really, uh, you know, she was like, well, let's maybe uh-huh. maybe get a new car instead. And I uh-huh. was like, no, I need to get the fuck out of here, lady. Uh, we're driving each other crazy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so... It it I mean uh-huh. it is one of those things where your mom has a lot of power, you know, yeah. and like if you don't get out of there, like you will get trapped, you know. If you're with a if a family member is like that, if they feel like right. they can persuade you, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm a person I hate saying no. I love saying yes to people uh-huh. that I can make them happy, but uh-huh. like you have to kind of do something that's good for you sometimes. Well, sure. And, and, you know, and we're unique as Americans, too, because in a lot of cultures, as a, like, say, the youngest child or the unmarried mm-hmm. child, you would mm-hmm. be expected to stay mm-hmm. in your parents' home oh, and yeah. take care of them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But, it's my greatest fear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love you, mom and dad, you know, but man, oh man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but I was, I did read that little Edie after her, after big Edie passed. Yeah. Did go to New York and she had a little. She had a career as a cabaret. Uh, cabaret. Star, yeah. And while I don't think it was received well, well but I think that it was, but I think oh. it's like the way the reason people were going to see her wasn't because she was an incredible talent, but because it was right. a, I'm gonna use She's this a term a bit of a freak show. You know, and uh-huh, I don't yeah. think of her in that way. I mean, that's really funny to like I'm very sympathetic to her, but like you mm-hmm. you also understand like people went to like gawk and laugh Mm -hmm. and but Mm -hmm. they also i think had genuine affection for her but you know it wasn't like going to see their favorite singer it was like yeah wait until you get a load of this yeah and i'm sure it was wild and in fact i read i read that when she went to the premiere of great gardens Uh that she had this beautiful red dress Uh Um, but she wore it backwards, and I'm like, was that on accident, or was that on purpose? And we just don't know. Yeah. You know, the zipper was in the front, and yeah. it's like, she huh. She might have tried it on the, the way it was designed, and then said, like, I like it better this way. And she had the independence of spirit yeah. to say... I'm gonna wear this way. I do, I do like. I mean, women's fashion or garments, like you have areas for the boobs. So, like, were those just hanging in the back? <laughs> you know, but maybe she didn't get a back view. Maybe she just yeah. really saw it from the front. Yeah. But oh, it that, tickles me. That's actually why she's kind of inspiring too, because even mm. though she's a little bit tortured, she's also mm. like. You know, she's likable. Like, I would, you know, there's a couple little moments when she shows anger where it's a little bit scary. Mm Because she's like, Mm -hmm. you're like, is she about to come unhinged? But it passes, you know. But, um, yeah, she's she's wonderful. She's interesting. She's Mm -hmm. referencing literature and astrology and, like, she'd be a fun friend. Yeah, she would. And um, I was... Curious about the um, the Jerry fellow, the oh, handy yeah. person, um, and then I because I, I was like, Jerry where did he is come the, from? just for anybody that hasn't seen this yet. Yeah. Jerry is this handyman that comes by, and he mm-hmm. he's probably like eighteen or nineteen years old, and he's mm-hmm. like a local guy, and he, I want to say he's wearing like maybe like a painter's um, mm-hmm. like uh, coverall. And, uh, but he's friendly with them and, uh, Mm -hmm. Big Edie's cooking (laughs) corn on the cob on a hot Mm -hmm. plate next to her bed. And, you know, she's, she's buttering, buttering a piece (laughs) for him. And he's just kind of like this casual friend of theirs. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was thinking, I thought, well, maybe he was involved in the first renovation and then just sort of stuck around because he he enjoyed their company um but yeah i i was really curious about like where he came like how did they know this young kid that they seem to have a really you know strong connection i think he's one of the only people that they have outside world like Mm -hmm. regular contact with Mm-hmm. Is is Jerry and like at one point? <laughs> oh yeah, Edie 
refers to him as the marble fawn, which is also like yes. some book that she's reading where uh-huh. that's the title of it. Yeah. But she, yeah. I think it, she kind of has like, she's kind of like acting like he's bothering her. Like, oh, well, if he's after, you know what he's after. Yeah, right, right. She's saying like, yeah. you know what all men are after. But I think Jerry is gay. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. It, it doesn't come out in the film, but I think later, yeah. later I think I want to say he's an artist in in, in current oh. time. Yeah, in current day. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, what a like what a great introduction. I'm Jerry. I was in Grey Gardens. Remember, yeah. I was the handyman right. who ate the corn on the cob. Yeah. I mean, I want to meet Jerry. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about. What I love about this movie, and I think one thing that the reason why you felt I might be drawn to it is because of the, and I I wrote this down, but it sounds very academic now, but it's the aesthetics of decay. Oh, yeah. And this, it's a guilty pleasure, I find, and I don't know, I'm sure other people do too, where it's just, it's it's fascinating, Uh you know, to see something in between a state of you know it's like it's interesting to me to to ca- to get a glimpse uh uh-huh. maybe because it, it represents the sort of lack of control that uh-huh. i feel like i always want but uh-huh. and i need that in my work i need sometimes to let go of the control and to let yeah something else do the thing yeah and it I don't know. I'm I'm quite drawn to to that, um, and I know a lot of other artists are also have been interested in, and maybe it's because it's the it's something that's not pretty, you know. It's not. Uh huh. Uh huh. So it's sort of we're drawn to that in the way that it's sort of strange. Yeah. Or well, it's making unusual. me think about abstract expressionism and the incorporation oh, okay. of like the mm. drip and the spatter mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. previous to yeah, that chaos. Yeah, yeah previous to that movement it was like no you wouldn't have a drip in a mm-hmm. painting right like that would be mm-hmm. that'd be like sloppy or a mistake yeah. and you'd definitely yeah. have to scrape it away or yeah there there is a freedom to embracing yeah this um this type of style because yeah, it's not, I mean, I think in contemporary art, you know, now it's like, well, this is a no-brainer almost because it's really interesting. But you're right, like at a time it was kind of considered to yeah. be, yeah, unprofessional. <laughs> and, yeah, and, or, and Grey yeah. Gardens would be like the original shabby chic mm-hmm, because they mm-hmm. had money, they had culture, they had refinement yeah. of manners, yeah. but they yeah. were busted. yeah. I think that that's another reason this this type of riches to rags story is so uh-huh. intriguing because it really kind of shows you what happens when society falls and oh, yeah. there's something really beautiful about that like uh-huh. I've used that in my work and I just feel like it's I can't describe why I'm drawn to it maybe because I have had upheavals in my life that have caused me to reconsider what's important and and really kind of see the you know the facade of society and expectations and oh, yeah. just like it's all bullshit it's all <laughs> yeah. yeah and it seems like maybe the Beals sort of had the same oh you know 
reaction which is like what did it all mean like why were we so consumed by these but they but then again like they still felt very bitter at times uh-huh, throughout uh-huh. Grey Gardens about what happened. I, I think that there was a huge adjustment early on. Like when uh-huh. Big Edie was divorced and she was willful yeah. and her yeah. husband was having affairs and she started uh-huh. having affairs and then yeah. and then it, but it was that was also at a time when it was it was like considered okay if men did something but women didn't. Mm-hmm. It was it was yeah. shameful if a woman did it. And I think that like that she came up against her husband saying like, well, I'm going to have a life too. And he's like, well, that's fine, but I'm going to start a new life with this other family and like you guys are on your own. And she's, but, but, but I know that like they didn't have that abject, abject poverty immediately. I think it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, a declining lifestyle and over years you, you acclimate to it. And so I, I don't think it was, uh, yeah, like a 180, in the first uh-huh. year of her divorce, but yeah, they just, um, you know, and, and talking about that, apparently what I've heard that, that rich people, extremely rich people and ex- extremely poor people have the same set of problems where really? it can be about addictions. It can be about isolation. Uh-huh. It can be about uh-huh. failing health. Like, you know, you think about people like Michael Jackson that like, oh, yeah. you know, had doctors, but didn't have health care or, yeah. or didn't have somebody that r- really looked after him, mm-hmm. you know, and he mm-hmm. had all the resources, but he was isolated. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I, it, that's so interesting because you're right. Like there is the sweet spot and they do say that like, once you make over X amount of money, like your happiness doesn't increase Yeah, and it's really not that much better. I mean, it is like for Uh me, I'm like, wow, like, I don't know if I'll ever make that much, but, um, but like for a lot of people, that's, that's pretty much where they are. Uh You know, that's like kind of middle-class, I think. And it's like, yeah, I don't think like Jeff Bezos is probably happier than like the guy who makes $70,000, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, he might be more miserable actually, because I, I would imagine that it probably declined. Like the more money you have, you're probably more lonely. More money, more problems. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a, it's weird because we forget about that as human beings. We're like, yeah. Success, success, you know, we want to like have all the money, all the things, all the the friends. And it's like, why can't we remember that that's not actually what we want? Right, right. Well, you know, for instance, I'm not a fan of the Kardashians. So sorry, everyone. But but I I feel sorry for them. When I look at them, I feel like, and and they would laugh at me saying this, Uh (laughs) but I feel like their lives are very empty. Like they, Mm. there's like a, almost like an echo in their, that vacuum of superficiality mm-hmm. that I feel like mm-hmm. they exist in. Like, mm-hmm. I just want so badly for them to have meaning in their lives, but that's that's not their intention. <laughs> that's not their... Yeah, their... but at some point, like, how do you trust anybody when you have that much right. fame and success? Yeah. Like, how do you know if somebody's being honest with you or they're just there for what they can get out of the relationship. Oh, certainly. So Well, and they operate in the same way too. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like mm-hmm. a pit of vipers. They're all using each other. Yeah. I wonder one day we might have a Grey Gardens version with the Kardashians. Oh. You know? And 
who knows? Well, you know, actually, one can only hope. There's another uh-huh. documentary. I don't know if you've seen this, but I might recommend this to our our listeners. Is uh, uh-huh. the Queen of Versailles is about another like Ooh. riches to rags story. Have you heard of this? Well, I mean, I'm familiar with. I'm assuming are they it, talking it, it's about? It's actually not about Versailles yeah. in France. Okay. It's a, okay. it's about this American uh, developer who marries this kind of beauty queen from uh, the Midwest, and mm-hmm. he's he's got a goal to build the largest uh, private residence in America. And oh. like during during its construction, he goes bust. And so they've mm-hmm. got this kind of the skeleton of this enormous house, but they don't have the money to maintain it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's and wow. it's very again like kind of sad because they're so focused on consumerism that yeah. they 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 don't have a spiritual sort of uh center, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. very interesting study of American culture. So the Well, and like yeah, I mean I, I Sometimes um, I will watch these little mini documentaries about these houses that were built prior to the Great Depression, Uh where you had just like huge wealth inequality and just like so much money being thrown into these mansions. And, And then, you know, after, you know, the Depression, you... None of them could maintain it, and they all just fell apart. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's just yeah. because they're so opulent and so decadent, yeah. and then suddenly there was just no money, and now they're nothing. Like they uh-huh. just disappeared, uh-huh. and it's wild. It's a wild thing that yeah. that happens. It's a folly, know? right? Like when uh-huh. you think about the purpose of having a home, and that's about having shelter, but then mm-hmm. they. It's like almost like they're building a Tower of Babel. Do you know that biblical yeah. story? Yeah. Yes, like, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Like it's it'll be their undoing. Is this yeah. this venture? And, and in Grey Gardens, you know, I mean, I couldn't really tell um, how big that house is, but I think it was like how many bedrooms? Like thirteen bedrooms or something oh, like. I don't know. But massive. It's a massive amount yeah. of bedrooms, and they closed most of the house off because it was just yeah. Too much, you know, and it's like... And so originally, too, Aaron, this is their mm-hmm. summer home. This was never meant right. to be occupied through winter because it's it's too... The weather gets... is not nice too year-round rough. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and little Edie sort of mentions how bad the winters get. And it's okay. like, oh, man, like upstate, you know, East Hampton, New, New York. I just can't even fathom how cold yeah, you know, that yeah. must have been yeah. for them. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, um, it's a cautionary tale of sorts, I suppose. (laughs) Um, and it, it, I wonder though, like something that came up with this last viewing for me Uh is, and I go back and forth on this. I'm curious to see how you feel about it, Hyde, but do you think that the, the Beals were exploited in this documentary? I have thought about this a lot because... You know, taking into account somebody's, like, mental capacity, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, of course they had permission. These women Mm -hmm. were so happy to see them, and they were getting this attention. But then, I don't think it was the intention. It didn't, it never felt to me that the filmmakers were being unkind to them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But it is yeah. it is a question. I don't know if we'll ever really have an answer. But I would I would say like to veer on the side of I think this actually helped them. I think oh, okay. I think it because it they didn't make their lives worse. They weren't harassed mm-hmm. after the film. Edie actually had a career and yeah. and she became a celebrity, which yeah. is all That's she true. ever wanted. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I just wonder, like, I think about going back to Jackie O and um, her sister, and uh-huh. it's like, oh, you know, like, I, I, think, I think they were well-intentioned, but it's like, if they really wanted to help these their family, mm-hmm. just a, a makeover, I don't know yeah. if that's really was what they needed. Like, yeah. I think they needed to sell that house and get somewhere very manageable. Except, and clean. I don't know if you noticed yeah. this, like uh-huh. Big Edie would not leave Grey Gardens. Like, I think that her sons at one point tried to intervene. Uh, okay. and, and that's not in the film, but that's in the biopic. And I will say like, my grandmother does not want to leave her house. Right. And it is, right. It is kind of in bad shape, yeah. right? I mean, I and I did a um and a, a couple installations where I've actually recreated the cracks that are in her walls. Uh-huh. And sometimes what's really funny is my aunt, you know, she'll ask me, she's like, "Do you have those tracings to see if they've gotten bigger?" Oh, wow! And and I'm like, "Oh, I can tell you, they're getting worse every year. Like I know those cracks really well because I've recreated them." <laughs> and I'll never forget when I was tracing them. My grandmother was like, "What are you?" doing and I was like grandma I'm gonna trace the cracks in your in your walls and I found this to be so compelling like I was dealing with the death of my grandfather and also my grandmother was sort of going a a bit more downhill and I thought how the body really parallels the the dwelling or the home interesting very kind of meaningful ways and I found these cracks to be kind of like this interesting link between the two the body and the the house and but she she won't leave she does not want to go anywhere to live anywhere else and so i you're right like there is a familiarity with that but it oh it's like gosh like well she just but the thing is she (laughs) died like a year or so later like uh it was just not healthy like not a healthy environment no no but you know this was something too is that like Maybe it's sad that she died. Maybe it's not because she lived her life true as she wanted to with so much autonomy. Yeah. And yeah. I I feel like that would be in, in thinking about advocating for her and the the yeah. person that I understand her to be, I feel uh-huh. like that's a choice that she would completely be willing to live with. Even if they told her you're going to die next year, she'd be like, "Well, hell, I I did what I needed to do." And that's I'm, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was willing to bear it all mm-hmm. on camera at several moments during the yeah. The film, like, oh, it's like, <laughs> I said, "Oh, you do not give a fuck." Totally about. thought we were going to see <laughs> a, a nip slip, yeah. right? Yeah, a real low hanging fruit nip down there. <laughs> like, whoa, those yeah. are. But you know, it's it's uh-huh. interesting. It's kind of a feminist story too, because it's these mm. these women that went against the patriarchy. Said, "I'm totally. not. I'm not going to be controlled by a man, and I'm yeah. I'm fine on my own, and I will live with my consequences." And even mm-hmm. though it it was squalid, you it was independence, you yeah. know. And I think that that's why this movie is so appealing to 
artists or creatives because it is an act of defiance yeah. to step outside of cultural norms. And, and like, you know, to me, I'm thinking that Jackie and sister, it they were kind of like, their names were being in the paper. It was kind of embarrassing, yeah. you know, to see your family yeah. members living that way. And it's like, they, it made them, like you said, like it makes people uncomfortable, right. especially if it's being, you know, publicized. Yeah. And it's like, Ooh, you know. And you know that they were shamed about, like, how could you let your aunt and cousin live like this? Mm-hmm. Yet, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you you can't take away somebody's choices. Like, well, you could, you could have someone committed. You could, you could force yeah. them into care. But uh, you okay? But Hyde, I think that a lot of their inheritance went to Jackie. Um, oh, and her, like, I think that. The, their father, when the whole divorce happened, took the inheritance that they were supposed to get, at least little Edie, uh-huh. and like it, it went towards his his uh, daughters and not her. And I think that they really probably had more of a financial obligation to them than they really okay. wanted to admit, okay. I think. Um, so it's complicated. Yeah. You know, families are really kind of fucked oh, up. Oh yeah, but, um, and some some real shit goes down around inheritances too. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean things get nasty. I mean it and I've yeah. even seen it just in a teeny tiny taste like families will just like yeah. oh that's mine, you know, right. I blah blah blah. So right. if there's a potholder uh, to fight about, uh-huh, that's what the uh-huh. fight will oh, be about. Yeah. God. Yeah. I did want to ask you hi. Yeah. So first of all, I do want to know cuz I don't think I know this. When did you first see Grey Gardens? Oh, God. I have no recollection. <laughs> oh, no. No recollection of that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But it, you know, um, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think you, like, Gosh, it must have been. It couldn't have been in the theaters. Or no, no, no. That that this film came out in 1975, and I would have been in grade school, and also in a yeah. in a town where this would have never shown. There weren't art, uh, yeah. art art films or anything like that when, yeah. when this, I was coming up. I mean, this where movie, I was, yeah. This movie. I mean, it's definitely you know uh, more art house, and it is in the. How do you say it? Quite. Criterion, Criterion collection, yes. But then, honestly, I just found out that Armageddon is in the Criterion <laughs> collection. So, yeah. like, what does it even mean anymore? Right, I right, right. They're just a film uh, distributor. They have they yeah. have good like street cred or like art yeah. cred, but it's true. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, their business, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, wow, wow. Um, <laughs> but um, so I. One thing that I wondered if you felt kind of connected to in this was because um, you have a, such a strong history of portraiture oh, yeah. in your practice. And a big <laughs> part of this movie is the portrait of Big Edie yeah, yeah. and her kind of like youthful, yeah. elegant. And it's a really, it's a really yeah. good likeness. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. painting. It's top mm-hmm. notch. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, high quality yeah. oil painting, and, and even the way they're going through their scrapbooks and looking at photographs of Edie as a model, little mm-hmm. Edie as a model and as a debutante, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, they were oh yeah, just ravishingly beautiful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's what's curious. It's like because I know that you know we're often drawn to 
these youthful, beautiful faces. Uh-huh. But I I enjoy looking at faces that are, you know, a little bit <laughs> more mature. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that comes in handy when we're in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think that like a lot of artists have been drawn to faces that might not be as beautiful and yeah. you know, like uh, Western sort of ideals of beauty and yeah. I don't know I'm I I find beautiful faces to be a little boring sometimes you, but I'm still drawn to them. No, you're still like, you're right. It's so funny. I was having a conversation earlier with a friend who's modeled for me and he was like, "Oh, I've gained fifty pounds. I don't want. I don't think I can model for you again." Oh, wow. And I was okay. like, you know, I don't know. I never know exactly what it is, and I think yeah. I have to start working with somebody to kind of Mm -hmm. understand how I'm going to draw them or paint them. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. some, yeah, some people really do uh, become interesting subjects and somebody I want to paint again and again. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's not always the typical beauty. Sometimes it's hard to, like I say, it's almost like, um, like what we see as ideal beauty in our culture right now sometimes is a little featureless. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you don't have anything objectionable, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when I uh, was forced against my will to take figure drawing, <laughs> which I'm... Oh, it's a bear. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I mean, did, I'm, I I'm rubbish it. at it. Oh, yeah. so, so terrible. But um, I, I learned uh, that eventually I learned that drawing the larger full body figure was more satisfying and it like uh, took up the page better uh-huh. in the composition and i was like the i i really got into like the figure the, the models that had a lot of weight you know uh-huh, and uh-huh. i really looked forward to that like i just got the most much more interesting and better drawings than you know somebody uh that's you know a little on the thinner side yeah so, yeah yeah yeah, well, that, I mean it. That's very yeah. interesting, and I know you know people move differently too. They can, mm-hmm, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, execute certain poses. If pe- say like dancers can be really, regardless mm-hmm. of their size, they oh, can yeah. be really great subjects really because dynamic. of yeah. like the the sense that they have of their own bodies and of gesture. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if. Anybody that has been painted by you has one of the portraits, and eventually it will turn into what ah. Big Big Edie's like. Look at how beautiful I was, you know, <laughs> such a great beauty. And I wonder if one of your paintings might. I one hope day. so. Uh huh. I hope so. I like. Yeah, I really. I'm glad that I own one myself. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it's in a hallway where I store a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But um, you'll see it when you need to see it. It's you know I really should put it out. I'm like I see a blank wall. I don't know why it's not <laughs> over there. But um, it's funny because I think I'm not embarrassed by it, but I think um, it might make people feel a little oh i don't know because it, it, is it like a head and shoulders that you have it's a full body oh it's full I body suppose. okay okay yeah, i couldn't so, remember I mean, what you had yeah. yeah so it's like they're looking at you it's, they're looking at your, yeah. your nude body in a drawing yeah, yeah. but you know that <laughs> maybe one day that will be my 
portrait. Like how beautiful I was, you know, yeah. in, my, in my youth. Yeah. Um, oh, you're still, you're still, you're always going to be beautiful. I, it's funny, like, it, every time I go through um, a breakup, uh -huh. um, whether it's a big breakup <laughs> yeah. or even a small one, and I usually go back to my sister for comfort, and she always says the same thing. She says, well, at least you still are pretty. You still <laughs> are pretty. And I was like, whew, okay, uh, okay. Well, I just sent you a meme that I, you probably <laughs> haven't had a chance to look at yet. But it's um, somebody going like, yes, I'm hot, but I'm not full-time hot. I'm hot when I want to be hot. Yeah, because I think about that. Like, we don't see Kim Kardashian without her makeup. Like, we would not see that. You know, I think actually, yeah, oh. somebody actually posted a picture of her without any um, of her extensions, her hair extensions. Uh -huh. I think that was her. And I was like, yeah, she doesn't have any hair, really. I mean, it's all kind of, wow. you know. Yeah. I mean, it's. What? That's not real? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I know. Yeah. So. Um, I was kind of laughing about. Well, okay, we're going to talk about Madonna for just a short minute. Oh, sure, but sure, But, like, sure. <laughs> you know, just in terms of, like, being able to age gracefully and what she's done to mm. herself. And I feel mm. like this is, like, the portrait of Dorian Gray. <gasps> yes. Have we talked yeah. about this already? But, like, no, how but, Madonna, yeah. all of Madonna's, like, effed upness is, like, mm -hmm. embodied in who she, what she looks like now, because she's so mm -hmm. uncomfortable just mm -hmm. being human, just being vulnerable, yeah. aging, yeah. etc. And she's kind of turned herself into a monster. Yeah, it's really sad to see that happen, because it, I, I saw recently some pictures of her before she um, really went underneath the knife and yeah. altered her appearance. And it's like, she looked older, but she still looked really good. Right, and it's right, like, right. Oh, she just, took it, it away. Well, the, what I was going to say is she turned herself into a monster physically. But I feel yeah. like, and I've always had this sense about Madonna, for all of the, like political progress and like the you know what she's done she's also always been a monster i think she's always oh. been kind of a beast like super yeah. ambitious un yeah. ungrateful like yeah. uh, you know not not nice actually share <laughs> there's an interview with Cher in the 80s uh -huh. and she talks uh -huh. about how she doesn't like madonna and Ma madonna's rude and like oh, and wow. that was way back when she was, wow. you know, the first few years of her stardom. Wow. So, yeah. like Yeah, I didn't... I mean, the, the thing that really gets me about some of all of the altering of the appearances is, like, there tends to be this um, sentiment that it's a... It's feminist? Like, it's a feminist... Oh, right. Like, I'm going to take control of I'm my body. I'm taking control. Uh -huh. It's my body, my choice, kind of. Yeah. And, and I'm like... But it makes me so uncomfortable because it doesn't feel very feminist, yeah. and that might be just my. Well, it personal... definitely isn't like yeah. being a team player because it's someone with yeah. resources that's choosing yeah. to spend them on their on on their appearance. And mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I just have a hard time thinking like, well, I could build a school in Africa, or mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I could spend a hundred thousand on the way I look, and that yeah. just seems like. Like the like the greased slide to hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's we we kind of mentioned this um, earlier before we started recording, but it is this 
um, slippery slope. It's a gateway drug to start, you know, just little things and sure. you start to just sure. obsess. And then suddenly, yeah, you've spent um, a fortune. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and then you're still going to look older. Like, yeah. I just don't know. And it's funny going back to the Great Gardens because yeah. actually one of the Big Edie doesn't compliment little Edie very often, but uh-huh. she did give her a compliment early on, which is like, look how great she is for 53 or something, uh-huh. or however uh-huh. old she was. And I was like, yeah, she does look pretty good for 53, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, even though she's been, you know, she's been sunbathing, putting on like baby oil and crap. Oh, like, yeah, she God has. help them. Yeah. But, um... And she has not had a spa day in 40 no. years. Yeah. I know. Poor thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, she actually, you're right. Like she looks good. Um, and yeah. she, you know, she hadn't had a nip and a tuck because they can't afford that shit. No. So no. Like, it's kind of, it's a nice moment like that she did offer her. I wonder if, if, if she should have left out the, for you know, you look good and then just stopped it there yes. and not added the 53. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are mothers, and that's what they do. They needle yeah, you in your most vulnerable places. I know it's it's like a compulsion. Yes. Yeah, my my mom has always done that to me, and I've not concerned uh-huh. myself so much with the way I look. You know, that's uh-huh. never been a priority for me. But like, she'll totally fuck with my head like that. Wow. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, my mom. I have been taught from a very early age that beauty is pain. Uh-huh. And the earlier that I get used to it, the easier it's going to be. Yeah. And I re- I have a very clear memory of being really young, like maybe five. And she was going to pluck some of my eyebrows because oh, I... Oh, five? Yes. It was... I was young. And I... I it was so young, I misunderstood. I thought she was going to pluck out my eyelashes. Oh, so I was actually confused. Um... But, and, you know, that she was like, it will hurt, but you will get used to it. And I did. I got used to it. And so, yeah, I mean, you learn so young. You're going to do what to me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so alien because you're like, what are you doing to my face? But I really, you know, as a woman and with little Edie not having her hair. Oh, yeah. I just can't imagine yeah. How horrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's really come up more in Hollywood lately with um, Will Smith's oh, wife right. alopecia. Yeah. yeah. Don't it's don't like, say her name. Hard. Sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But it's, hard. it's like it's so Will's... hard. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, ooh, but you know, it's this is the society we live in. Yeah. And, but I do. I walk away from this movie. With the comfort that even though if things go awry and I'm surrounded by, you know, kitties and my mom and trash, I <laughs> will still be okay. Like, I will still be loved. Yeah. And, but we're not going to let that happen. <laughs> we, we, we have more important things to do than to sit around on twi- twin, twin beds and eat. Eating ice, coffee, yeah. ice cream, yeah. and oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, but there—it's like we are resilient. We, yeah, we we do get used to like new things. Like we do adjust, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah. There's comfort in that. I find, yeah. 
And even though it's scary, yeah. it's, it's okay. And, you know, you, you could be in, like, a clean house with servants, etc. Mm-hmm. You can still be suffering from depression. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be in an abusive situation. Like, mm-hmm. it, like creature, yeah, yeah. creature comforts and, like, economic... Well, I don't know. I mean, here's... It's not everything, yeah. Here's the here's the thing. I mean, look at her cousin, Jackie O. Yeah. I mean, like, terrible things happened to her. Right. And she had, you know, it's like she had all of these advantages. And life still was pretty shitty. Right. So, like, you know, it's just... I think it's Yeah, just, life it, is hard. Life is hard. Yeah. Yeah, and Grey Gardens is this time capsule of a moment where these two women, you know, kind of let us peek into their, yeah. their world. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that you told me to watch it like 10 years well, ago because it has been a huge influence on my work ever since. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like people should know about this film if they don't totally. because it's... It's something yeah. that really gets in your head and you think about mm-hmm. them a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though they're no longer with us, both of them had passed. Yeah. Um, I mean, this know, is they... immortality. Uh-huh. You know, that oh, they, they that's live... so true. Yeah. That's, and maybe that, you know, and I mentioned the exploitation problem, but maybe in that way they do, they did get the upper hand. They were remembered. Yeah. And yeah. I think most of the time remembered fond fondly yeah yeah they're an inspiration and this is another thing the Maisel brothers would have not made them the subject of a film if Mm -hmm. they were just like pitiful people Mm -hmm. they became the the icons that they are because they were Mm -hmm. interesting they had Mm -hmm. fire they Mm -hmm. had ideas you know Mm -hmm. they they embraced life what with whatever obstacles they had but yeah. th- they are kind of uh, inspirational. And just so much fun to watch. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you said, like, you just kind of want, like, when I saw that there are these other, you know, like, the, the that that summer and the Beals of Grey Gardens, yes. it's like, you want to go watch that to see what else you missed. Right, right. You know, because... Give us a little yeah. more. Yeah. A little more. We need it. We create a little scrap. We'll take it. Yeah. You yeah. Know, any little little memory. Yeah. So. And I wanted to give a shout out to mm-hmm. uh, Marianne Barcelona, who I was in a residency with this summer in Canada, who mm-hmm. who I discovered what she's a painter, but mm-hmm. I uh, we were talking about Grey Gardens, and she said, "Oh well, actually, I shot the stills." for Grey Gardens <gasps> like in 1975 and no so way. yeah in the in the end credits Ooh. as they roll up she's the first person that gets special thanks so wow. uh, you know I don't I don't know if you're listening Marianne but yeah way to be at the right right place at the right time that that's history yeah. that's amazing yeah for real what, how cool yeah wow well Hyde it's all like this is why you know when I brought up doing a podcast this is what i want i just want to talk to you about movies i just think it's so much fun well i love you and i always we always have so much to talk about i know i know it's amazing um Uh so thank you erin for asking me to do this because uh yeah it's given it's given another uh sort of it's it's given me more purpose as well 
And, me too. Um, me too. I, I actually wanted to ask you a funny question yeah. that occurred to yeah. me. Is that like we were talking, we've been talking about AI over the last couple uh-huh. of months. And I was wondering at this point that we have 44 episodes of ATM. Oh I was yeah. wondering if like this dig, this digital verbal document of you and I expressing our opinions, I was wondering if mm. AI could take this and generate something like if if we need to keep doing this or if it could just uh based on what we've done thus far if it could generate sentences and ideas and opinions that would be in oh that would be consistent i will yeah i will say (laughs) and this totally freaks me out Uh is that when i'm editing and there'll be you know, somebody, you or whoever is saying something and I'll react to it. I'll say something, I'll laugh. But my reaction is exactly the same as in the recording. And I'm like, it freaks me out. You're in the matrix. Oh my God. And so (laughs) maybe I feel like um, AI could learn our mannerisms and our anticipate what, but I don't know. I mean, to me, there's, there are memories that I have that get unlocked that I didn't know were still there. Yeah. And I don't know. I struggle. The I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. But it's, inter- <laughs> well, it's terrifying well, one of interesting. my great fears is that I'll start to repeat myself. It's like, oh, <laughs> here we go again with this story. Like, oh, tell us about how you were in the rodeo, Hyde. You know, we like... can just make that part of the thing, and it will be, oh, here we go, right. listeners. And I think that's fine. Like, yeah. we can keep repeating ourselves, yeah. and we can, we can just make it part of the podcast. I'm not afraid of that. I mean, the thing is, I don't think we're getting people who are, li- like, I don't know. I don't exactly know how people are listening, but yeah. I have a feeling that it's not, like, Cause like people are like, mem- cause like I'll, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and yeah. I'll go back and re-listen to some of them. Cause I'm like, what did I learn from that? Yeah. So I don't think people's memories are, yeah. it's not, we're not going to stick, you know, in the way that. Yes. But, this contemporary yeah. state of like what we have to occupy ourselves with. It's not oh, it's normal. So much. We were, yeah. as de- we were not designed mm-hmm. to take this mm-hmm. type of information. It's punishment. Yeah. 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 And there are times when I'm like, I just have no recollection of the conversation that you're talking about Uh and it scares me. But, um, you know, I've had, I just, I don't know what to do with that. This is um, why the natural evolution of the human race is like, we're actually going to have to become like hybrid machine mm-hmm, humans mm-hmm. because we can't we can't keep up keep, with the keep information up with it all. yeah N- no i'm bare i'm struggling i mean yeah yeah so you know <laughs> <laughs> it's something else to be worried about but i you know when we moved to portugal i want to disconnect so much more i don't want to yeah. be plugged in as much and i'm yeah. hoping that i can be at peace more yeah. at peace with life yeah yeah way. yeah i think there so, are ways yeah yeah. Well, here are some lessons from the Beals. We're coming back full circle. Like exactly. they were just fine. They yeah. They. I'm never gonna own a cat though. I swear to God, that scares yeah. me. That's what scares me. <laughs> I won't do it. Maybe an outside cat. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think that it's true that they are. Um, they lived the life that they chose to live yeah. in the end, and they found a lot of joy in that. Yeah. And so yeah. You know, even if the cat is shitting in the corner, it's 
they they see that as a positive. <laughs> right, right. It's all perspective. It's, yes. It is. It is. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a beautiful story. Yeah. It's a great movie. Everybody should watch it at least once, probably more than that. And yeah. get inspired. Yeah, too. yeah. So. Hey, I was going to plug, before we go, mm-hmm, I'm going to mm-hmm. plug a show that I'm having oh, yeah. that opens February 10th in Austin, Texas Hell at yeah. Cloud Tree Studios and Gallery. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's part, it. it's part of Outsider Fest and it'll be uh-huh. up for two weeks Heck starting yeah. February 10th. And um, I can plug yeah. our ATM show here in Dallas. We're going to have all of the ATM guests. I Most of them have said yes, except uh-huh. for one who okay. had a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're all going to do a group show here in Dallas at Kirk Hopper Fine Art in the spring. So I am super stoked about that because I haven't curated in ages. Yeah. And so it'll be fun to put that together. Excellent. But, uh, Kirk Hopper in Dallas. In, the in sp- Dallas. Spring yeah. of 2023. 2023, baby. It's All coming right. up. Very high. I All love right. you so much. Thank I, you for doing this with I me. I love you too. Yeah, thanks. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Would be.